welcome to another Beer and Ballet podcast. I am your host, Amber Daniels, and I am so excited for you to meet our next guest. But before you do, I'd like you to grab your internet devices and go ahead and go to beerfeelings.com. That's right, beerfeelings.com. There you'll find a blog from our next guest. You'll also find her podcast, And something that's very exciting is you will find these boxes that's filled with some wonderful beer-infused items. So just to read one of them off, there's a hops-infused tub tea, there's beer-infused lip balms, and there's vanilla stout sugars. And there's so much more on this website, y'all, but it's such a great connection, and I'd really love for y'all to get in there and see what Beer Feelings is all about. So beerfeelings.com. Just as a reminder, this was recorded on Zoom for COVID precautions, so if you hear any weird dings, that's probably why. Just keep listening along with us and enjoy this really fun conversation that I had with Natalie. All right, let's get to it. I am your host, Amber, and welcome to another podcast. This week, I am so excited to introduce an entrepreneur and influencer within the brewing industry. She is a woman who creates powerful and a safe space and an informative space to those who are interested in learning more about the brews they're drinking or the brews that they want to try. Here she comes. Let's welcome the creator of Beer Feelings, Natalie. Hello. Hello. How are you? I'm so good. How are you doing? I am good. It is a very warm day in Denver, Colorado. In my home, we don't use a lot of AC, so I am thrilled to be drinking a beer (laughs) right now. It's going to help regulate my body temperature. (laughs) (laughs) It is beer o'clock for sure. Speaking of sipping on, what you sipping on? What you doing? I am drinking a German style wheat from Prost Brewing Company, which is in downtown Denver. Oh, which nice. funny story. I actually, my first time going to Prost, I broke my toe there, but that's probably a whole separate podcast. What you <laughs> broke was, your toe? Oh my gosh. Yeah, it was. We'll get into my background here in a minute, but I was a race director for um for a fun running company. And we were in New Orleans the night before, caught a red eye. I broke my toe at the hotel where we were staying. And then I had another race to direct the next morning at Prost Brewing Company downtown. So I race directed with a broken toe, but I think that's the only broken bone I've had. That's, I thought that was gonna take me longer to tell that story, but here we are. But that's every every time I see Prost, my foot's like, oh. This is the broken toe brewery. <laughs> I think I don't go there a lot because it kind of like triggers, triggers yeah, me it, a little bit. It's the ghost pain. But they make but... really good beer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they sound amazing besides the broken toe incident, you know? Besides, their, their beer is great. And, and to be fair, I did not break my toe on premises with them. It was at the hotel the night before. So I can't like we can't say it's their fault Got it. at all, yes. but yes. that's, that's who I associate it with. <laughs> Prost <laughs> equals broken toes. Broken toes. Well, okay. There we go. <laughs> what are you oh, drinking? Man. I hope you're drinking with me. Uh, girl, you know, I'm drinking with you. I'm drinking Voodoo Ranger Juicy Haze IPA. You know, mm. nice light. Love it. Really great. I just love the can. Like, look at this vest that this person is wearing. I, I just... It looks so cool. 
They have a strong marketing team. I always am a big fan of their cans. Yeah, they're pretty fantastic. Well, oh my goodness. I am so excited for the Beer and Ballet crew to meet you and to hear all of the fabulous things you're doing. It's pretty great. So let's just go ahead and start with how did your beer journey start? So this is going a little bit before beer feelings. Just what what got you interested? Yes. So initially I didn't like beer. I'm, I'm sure no one on this earth underage drank, but at a few moments of weakness in college, um, before I was 21 and able to buy my own alcohol, I went to school in Wyoming and that meant that the alcohol that was readily available was whiskey. And so trying to be kind and nice and easy, I never said like, I don't like how this tastes. I don't like this tastes really gross. I'm going to figure out how to like it on my own. Mm. So I would mix it with Gatorade and it was really cheap whiskey at the time. Would not recommend that to anyone. Um, it was black velvet whiskey and I would mix it with blue Gatorade and I would call it the bruise and it was disgusting. So, so when I turned 21, I kind of made this promise with myself. I'm not going to drink anything that doesn't taste delicious because there's a lot of fruit drinks and there's daiquiris and there's margaritas and there's so much good out there. I'm going to make this deal with myself. Mm -hmm. Mom, if you're listening, I lied. I did not underage drink at all. No, never, never would do that. Uh, and so then, then I was looking for an internship and I really wanted to be a wedding planner at the time because of that JLo movie, the wedding planner with Matthew McConaughey. And as I was looking for an internship, not only could I not find a paid internship, which all of my parents' friends said, you must, must, must get paid for your work. I found individuals and wedding planners that were trying to charge me to be their intern and they called it a mentorship program. Y'all, my job exactly so hard. What? Exactly. I thought that's bananas. Like, I know I work really hard. I'm a really good student. I bring a lot to the table. No, 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 that's not going to happen. So fortunately, my family was working with a personal trainer. His name is Scott. And Scott and his wife, Lauren, started a fun running company. The same one where I broke my toe. you're going to hear a lot about Scott and Lauren. Um, and their whole philosophy is how do we make fitness a little more accessible? How do we make it fun? And so we hosted different themed runs. So the first summer we did a water themed 5k and the second summer they started this run series called Rocky mountain brew runs Mm. the overlap. Just, I don't know why this broken toe is going to be the centerfold of this interview, but the broken toe happened when we were doing both the water themed 5k and Rocky mountain brew runs. But The whole concept behind Rocky Mountain Brew Runs is we can get people to exercise if we promise them a beer at the end. Mm -hmm. And the Colorado beer scene was really starting to take off. There were all these cool, sexy breweries popping up. So we did about one every two weeks. And once more, I had the opportunity to drink a bunch of alcohol that I didn't have to buy myself. And I didn't love it. I was afraid of sounding stupid. I was afraid of being, you know, a silly, dumb girl that didn't know what they were talking about and losing kind of my street cred as an event planner. So when the brewery owner would come out and say, Nat, what can I grab you to drink? You look kind of sweaty. I would just point to the top item on the tap list and say, oh, that blonde sounds good. Oh, that Pilsner sounds great. And I would get three or four sips down. And when you're sweaty, anything cold tastes good. Totally. Yeah. And then drinking the rest, I was like, I really don't like this. It was that grainy aftertaste 
that I just wasn't used to. I wasn't into it. And so it took me three to four breweries to say, what are you doing? What is going on? You made this deal with yourself, right? When you turned 21, you weren't going to drink things that you didn't like. So why are you doing that? Like Mm -hmm. knock this shit off. And so I got over myself and I became more comfortable around the brewery owners and finally started saying, well, what, what do you like? Like, can you help me? And instead of making me feel stupid or instead of talking down to me, all these amazing bartenders and brewery owners put the ball back in my court by talking about beer in terms of flavor. So instead of saying like, well, we have this Hefeweizen and we have this blah, 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 whatever, you know, that would make me feel worse. They said, how do you drink your coffee? Do you like espresso? Do you like cold brew? Do you like a lot of milk and sugar? And then once I gave them some information, they said, all right. And if you're having a smoothie, do you like like a kale smoothie? Do you like a banana smoothie? Do you like a citrusy smoothie? And they made it about the flavor and they made it about the experience, not about, do I know about hops? Do I know about grains? And that was kind of my starting place with beer. And I found, I really like dark, sweet beers, really like nut ales. Um, and then from there have just grown, I just needed a good, like step number one. And then from there, step two and three, four, five has just taken the rest. So that's kind of how I got into beer. Um, and then along the way helped run Rocky mountain brew runs, uh, took a little break when I graduated from college to go work for corporate, um, was presented with a cool opportunity from Scott and Lauren to purchase Rocky mountain brew runs. And that's exactly what I did in 2020 to at the beginning of 2020, before we knew what was going to happen. Um, and then beer feelings started kind of along the way from there. Oh my God. I mean, and what a cool story. I love this story and here's why. I have witnessed so many people and this is also the bridge with beer and ballet, right? The two total opposites. And when I started Mm -hmm. it at Ardwolf Brewing, um, the the head brewer was like, you ain't gonna get no ballet dancers in here. They don't like beer, it's carbs. but that's not what it is. They're terrified to walk in because they're terrified of asking a quote unquote stupid question. And and when you phrase it in this way of, no, it's a drink y'all, what flavor do you like? Like what, you know, just putting it in that way. And it's so lucky that you had brewers who, you know, really took the time to do that. Like, that's how you know that you got, you found a good spot (laughs) to hang out. Oh man. It was so great. I think it, it definitely helped for me that I had something other than beer to talk about with the brewers first. So, so that's really what made me comfortable is like step one, we're hosting an event in your location. So I'm already talking to you about like, where are the bathrooms that I can tell people to go to? Is there water available? Can I put a tent here or over there? So we already kind of had build rapport, built rapport, had this common dialogue going. So then hey, what do you like drinking? Can you tell me a little bit about this? Wasn't our first sentence said to each other. So I think that made it a lot easier. So really one of the goals of beer feelings is how can I take this six year long journey that I've been on? And now I can't imagine my life without beer as just like almost a food group. Right. Um, how, how can I take women specifically on that journey in a shorter amount of time, making sure they feel comfortable, making sure they feel empowered, making sure like if I had one wish, like if I had a little genie and I got three wishes, one of them would be, I wish people would stop drinking crap. 
or stop settling for drinking a so-so beer. That would be one of my wishes. I don't know what I would do with the other two, but that would definitely be one of them. (laughs) To have your own secret brewery. That's just your, like yours alone. It's in your house. Okay. Maybe that's wish number two. You're right. (laughs) I mean, I know that's mine. (laughs) That would be awesome. That'd be cool. Yeah, it would be totes. But yeah, and I mean, you found those people and and before you were saying like, I would always point to the top and I'm noticing like in, in most breweries anyway, not all, that those are the lighter, maybe even sours, maybe, you know, whatever. And then later in your story hearing, no, I like the, the a little bit darker. I like the reds. I like the this, I like the that. Mm-hmm. Those aren't normally at the top, but you wouldn't know that unless, you know, you have somebody sitting down with you and going, oh yeah, th- this is normally where it goes. Like, let's, let's figure out what's good for you. And I just, I love that. Well, I love thank that you. Yeah. Thank you. It's been such a great experience just to be able to talk about something that I'm passionate about and feel like I just get to like open up my chest and let my heart shine and, and the rest has kind of taken off from there. friends. Normally when I stop the podcast, it's to talk about merchandise or new classes or just to say a funny cork because we all need funny things to laugh about throughout our day. However, this time as I stop the podcast, it is for a different reason. As some of you may have noticed last week, we missed posting our new podcast and it was for an unfortunate reason. Beer and Ballet has lost one of our friends and family members He was an avid supporter of everything that Beer and Ballet is about, and although he wasn't able to physically participate himself, he was able to support us monetarily through spiritually being within the space and through just talking with and getting some ideas and thoughts of. His name was Carl Daniels, and we just wanted to dedicate this podcast to him. We wanted to take his memory and reignite all of the methodologies and all of the missions that Beer and Ballet is here to stand for. And that's creating an invitation to something new, something exciting, and to just ignite curiosity within everyone's lives. So cheers to you, Carl, and this one's for you. Thanks for listening. Yeah. And I want to get to that now. So you're doing all of this amazing things and then COVID <laughs> and then COVID <laughs> and then COVID. I, LOL. <laughs> LOL. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, you know, you get this idea for beer feeling. So I guess my question is, what was that transition kind of like for you? So initially my goal going in to purchasing Rocky Mountain Brew Runs, I'm really close friends with the owners. So we really went from like a boss and intern relationship to Scott and Lauren feel more like my big brother and big sister. And they were super transparent with me on the purchase. They said, this isn't going to be a full-time job. You could grow it to be a full-time job, but it's going to take a little bit of extra effort. Um, we were super transparent on like, what do the financials look like? There were no surprises as far as the business. So I always knew that either Number one, I'm really going to have to innovate in this line of work on running and beer to make this be a full-blown company, Um, whether that's making bigger events, doing more events, or I'm going to need to start something on my own. So that was always kind of brewing in the back of my head. 
COVID, now that we're on the other side or most of the way on the other side, I'm knocking on wood so that the COVID gods don't like strike me with lightning or something. But now that we're on the other side, I think COVID was the best thing that could have ever happened to me Mm -hmm. Um, because it made me innovate. There was no choice. There was no like, okay, I'll keep being complacent and I'll keep kind of like taking the easy way out and doing what I know how to do. So in March in Colorado, that's when the quarantine began and we weren't allowed to hold any more in-person events, which pretty much tanked Rocky Mountain Brew Runs. I tried a few different virtual ideas, but it just didn't ring true to the kind of flavor that I like to bring to events. So I was like, okay, well, let's try something else. So I called up Scott and Lauren, my old bosses slash big brother, big sister. And they said, you know what, Natalie, you're pretty entertaining. You say some funny stuff sometimes. What if you just make some content? (laughs) Yeah. Casually, like we find you engaging on occasion. Yeah. Like no big deal. So why don't you just start making some content and the people that you make smile, they will remember that you made their day when times were really tough and when times were really dark and they're going to come back and they're going to support you. So I started a 75 day daily beer challenge, which if anybody wants a laugh um, and to see me when I was probably in the best shape of my life, go to Rocky Mountain Brew Run's Facebook page. And every single day I would make like a five minute video of me doing a beer fitness exercise. So some examples would be like hold your beer on top of your head, see how many squats you can do in a minute. Um, do a plank and instead of passing a weight side to side, pass your beer side to side. So all the, I mean, it was pretty carefree. I wasn't strong at video editing. So I didn't edit out when I spilled on myself, when I had some little baby swears, when, you know, like it was a very like honest representation of who I am and people that I haven't talked to in a long time, like high school friends kind of came out of the woodwork and said, Natalie, you're the only good part of my day. You have to keep doing these videos because I'm really depressed. It's hard to get out of bed. I'm having a really hard time with COVID. My job is kind of on the rocks, but you make me smile because you come online every day at 5 PM and you're more of a shit show than I am in a very (laughs) entertaining way. And I was like, thanks, I guess. Like, number one, why aren't you participating in these activities? Why are you only watching? But also to like, thank you. And I'm glad I could help. And so that was kind of my first clue on like, I have something to offer. And then the second thing I started doing was I was day drinking quite a bit. I think for the most part, we were all day drinking in like April-ish. And so I started posting pictures of the beers that I was drinking with descriptions and how I think about them which is based on how I learned to like beer, which is flavor-based, not history or science-based. So the first beer that I started drinking that, I can't say put me on the map because it didn't put me on the map, but that I started to notice more engagement with was a tart cherry sour from Finkel and Garf Brewing Company in Boulder, which quick side note, if you're ever in Boulder, Colorado, you must visit them. Like it is a non-negotiable. You have to visit Finkel and Garf. They have some of the best, like, wacky tacky beers I've ever had like write that down immediately if you're listening to the beer you just mentioned sounds amazing 
Oh my gosh. It was so good. And so how, how I explained that beer, the caption that I wrote is this beer tastes like cherries that you purchased at the farmer's market. So it's really honest and true and sunshiny, but more importantly, it tastes like cherries that you brought home. Your mom cut all of the pits out of those cherries and had them tucked away and waiting in a bowl so that when you ate them, they were effortless, they were carefree and they were refreshing. And that's what's special about this beer. And people went nuts. People were like, I didn't know beer could taste like that. I didn't know, like my mom also cuts the pits out of cherries. And it gave us this new language to talk about beer that wasn't about being a lumberjack or having a, like a lot of facial hair or anything. It was feminine, it was accessible, but people know the difference between store-bought cherries and farmer's market cherries. People know the difference between room temperature and fridge. And so that's kind of how all of this began is, on one hand, people are finding me entertaining other than just my, you know, honorary big brother and big sister. And people seem to like my viewpoint on beer. So then this is kind of midsummer. From that point, it was like, okay, what does this turn into? Is it a product line? Is it an event service? But um, that's how Beer Feelings was born. And really like the name so simply is like, I drink beer and I talk about my feelings and that's what we do. Oh my gosh. I love that. And and as you're talking, I'm sitting here thinking the phrase keeps coming into my brain. Language is so important whenever we have stereotypes within anywhere we go, right? Like for some apparent reason, there's this separation that happens. I see it too with beer and ballet is that there's, Mm -hmm. I always talk with people about how there seems to be this separation, this bubble um, that a lot of people don't feel welcomed within the, at least the ballet dance world. I, I don't want to speak for the brewery world right now, but that that's right. where they, they just don't feel welcomed there. But once you start changing the language, you change the environment, you change like the, the topics that are being chatted about, it opens a whole new world for new people to join in on the fun. Well, and what's been so interesting in both my personal journey, as well as those that I've been able to kind of help get into beer, once you break in, you realize how friendly the lumberjacks behind the counter are and how friendly the brewery owners are. And the guy at the liquor store that's stocking the six packs, like more often than not, I'm finding my biggest fear was being seen as stupid, but that was a story that I told myself right. that all of these words and the vocabulary and making it accessible is helping me retell my beer story instead of like changing the whole beer industry as a whole, because it's a really cool space. You just need to, in the same way that like when you go to kindergarten and you're holding onto your mom's leg, right? Cause you don't like, cause you're afraid and you don't want to make new friends cause you've never had to make new friends. But then once you start playing like duck, duck goose, you're having a great time. The beer world to me feels exactly the same. Like you just need to go in, you need like, you need to know two people and then you're good. You're set. You're yeah. And then you create your little beer family and y'all enjoy. Exactly. Together. Exactly. Yeah. It's amazing. Ugh. And yeah, so before we keep going with this, I feel like we have to tell the funny story of how we met. Yes, let's talk about that. Pretty hilarious. And we won't mention like exactly who, where, what, when, and why, but the the basic general is this y'all, is that um, I was just starting up beer and ballet in Baltimore during COVID because just like you, Natalie, I don't like to sit still. (laughs) I never have enough on my plate. 
why sleep when you can work? Exactly. Why but, do that? Why you do? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> One day I'll learn. <laughs> but yeah. So anyway, we we were both in this time period of just starting these small businesses um, in a world where we wanted to go to that community, right? Like I, mm-hmm. I would have given everything and anything to go and have a brewski during COVID at my favorite brewery. Like I just, yes, you know, <laughs> so I'm sure you had those same feelings. Yes. Um, and we both kind of, or at least I did, realized and saw our breweries suffering, right? Because COVID, the small yeah. businesses, the large businesses, I mean, was really suffering at that time. So you have all of that internally. You're opening up these new small businesses. And we both got noticed by this magazine. Again, we'll not say who it is. <laughs> But one of the beer and ballet crew members was like, Amber, did you know that beer and ballet was mentioned in this magazine? It's kind of a big deal. And I was like, whoa, no, no one said anything. So I actually made a post about it, thanking the magazine. And then I tagged beer feelings because they were mentioned as well. And it was oh my this, gosh. Yeah. I almost peed my pants when I saw this. Cause that's like, it was not like fortune, fortune magazine, but it was like, it was a magazine that our demographics definitely reads like an online periodical. And I actually, it was funny. I was notified by you in about the same 30 seconds. I had just installed Google analytics on my site and was just genuinely trying to make sure that it worked, that I didn't screw it up. And I scrolled down and I saw this weird blip. Like I saw a few, like Google sources and right. Like it says like Google, Facebook, Gmail, like wherever people are coming from. And then this other site that I didn't real like recognize. And I clicked on it and I looked around and I sent a text to one of my like more hip friends. And I was like, have you heard of this? And she was like, oh my God. Yeah. Why? And I was like, well, I think I'm on it. And I sent it to her and she was like, Natalie, this is a huge deal. This is a whole, like, oh my gosh. And then Amber, you tagged me. And I was like, oh my gosh, I like, I feel like I'm getting somewhere. Like somebody noticed me that isn't my mom or my sister or my dad or my grandpa. Although all of those individuals are, I couldn't have done this without them, but it just made me feel like, okay, here in the baby stages of this business, on day one of Google Analytics, we really have something here. Like women want to get into beer. Women want beer to be as flirty as wine or margaritas or like let's up the sex factor for ladies and beer. Let's yeah. do it. Let's do it. So yeah, that was awesome. And then I spent the rest of that day making a reel of me dancing around my room because I was excited about it. And I was like, I must make more content on this. We have to capitalize. We need to do this. So yeah, that was around Valentine's day. Is that, does that sound about right? Yeah. I think that sounds about right. It was great. I'm, I'm all excited now. Like I'm a little sweaty. Cause I like, I'm remembering what, like recognizing it's a big deal when somebody notices you, it especially is. in the middle of COVID. Shout out to whoever the art, you know, the author was. We've tried to get a yeah. hold of you a couple of times, but yeah, you know. reach out anytime. We'll yeah. talk to you some more. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But and thanks to them because like now we get to meet and chat and you know, we, we get to help each other grow this idea of, you know, women's there too. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Oh, absolutely. Yeah, man. I had forgotten about that. Every time you and I talk, I forget that that's how we met, but that's a good way to meet. Isn't it? Yeah. It's kind of nice. <laughs> it's like you said, it's nice to be right. You know, you work so hard, especially during COVID mm-hmm. owning a small business, starting up a small business is hard enough, but mm-hmm. add COVID on top of it. And all of the events of 2020, like mind blowing that we're at where we are right now. So applause to us. Like, let's give ourselves a pat on the back (laughs) when we're still doing it. Like we're still doing the thing, but like, yeah, I mean, I always want to say and shout out to small business owners because it, it is a whirlwind of a time to have one for sure. And it takes community. So it's funny. It's funny that this is kind of where, where we've gone with this conversation. I've been binge watching survivor. I don't know why I really haven't watched survivor like as, as it's been out for a million years, but just lately, because it's on Hulu that that's been my binge watching choice. And I'm at the point where there have been enough. I'm in the middle of like season 11 right now. If, if anyone wants to follow me on my survivor journey. And so I've passed the all-star season and I found myself wondering, like, these people are being eaten alive by bugs and they're sunburnt and they're killing themselves at the chance of a million dollars, which is a lot of money, but like over a lifetime, like it is, I would like to have a million dollars. Don't get me wrong, but it's not $10 million. Mm -hmm. And it like, once you take taxes out, it's really not that much. And I just found myself today saying, why are people killing themselves to do this? And then I sat down on a Sunday to start working on my small business. And I kind of feel like being in small business is like playing the game of survivor. It's the best drug you will ever take. The highs are so high and the lows are so low, but when you're in a low, all you're doing is craving that high again. Like yesterday, yesterday I had a Rocky mountain brew run and I came home and I was sunburned and dehydrated much like those on the game of survivor. And I literally just stared at myself in the mirror and happy cried. Cause I was like, I made this awesome experience that people like couldn't have had without me. And that's so cool. That's so amazing. So more random thoughts from Natalie. Um, but yeah, that's kind of, that was my shower thought today was small business is very similar to playing the game of survivor on you're just hoping for another high. You're just hoping for that next win and nothing can beat that because you're the reason why you got that. Not somebody else, not writing somebody's coattails. It's you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now I'm even more sweaty. I'm, <laughs> I get so excited. I get so excited yeah. and the air conditioning is not strong enough. <laughs> I'm going to need three more beers. <laughs> it's a toasty. What is it? May, June. It's June. It's a toasty June day. It's warm. <laughs> hey friends. Thanks for listening to part one of my conversation with Natalie of beer feelings. As a reminder, if you want to check out a little bit more about what Natalie's up to go to beerfeelings.com. Again, that's beerfeelings.com. Check in with us in two weeks for part two of our conversation with Natalie. Other than that, I just hope you have a lovely rest of your two weeks. Go outside. It's a little chilly. Maybe grab a sweater. Grab a cold, dark brew if that's something you like to do. And we will talk to you all soon. Thanks, everyone.